Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 105 in Edmonton. It's Brendan Escott here for the next half hour anyway on Oilers Now, brought to you as always by our title sponsor, Digitex. Digitex.ca, Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. If you want to keep that conversation going, you can do so on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063. River Cree Resort Casino Excitement Bet on it. We'll also be uh, checking in with Chief Chief Robert Moran uh, for on the River Cree front. Uh, they've got no restrictions out there anymore find out what that means in uh, in its exact uh, terms about 145 today our NHL insider John Shannon is coming up at 135 and uh, David Staples from uh, Call to Hockey Edmonton Journal momentarily a reminder the guests on the show uh, or rather that uh, Japanese Village is open to serve you at any one of their five Edmonton and area locations uh, featuring Alberta's very own Brant Lake Wagyu visit JV Edmonton dot ca love japanese village love that the oilers came away with a win last night it wasn't necessarily a pretty one they don't really have to be frankly especially not at this time of the year let's find out what david staples thought about it as we head off to our regular wednesday contributor on the river cree resort casino hotline david how's it going today Great, Brendan. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, thank you. So, 3 nothing shutout victory, and uh, they were the better team on paper. It was a game that I think most people would say they should have won going into that, needed to win, given how hard they worked against those other teams without the results, and they took care of business. That's my take on it. What's yours? Uh, well, the Oilers, two best players, McDavid and Dreisaitl, uh, were their best players along with Miko Koskinen, so uh, that's what you need to win. That's what the Oilers need to win. You need your, you know, McDavid was flying out there uh, from start to finish. Drysaitel had a very strong game on the attack, a few hiccups on defense, but um, very strong game on the attack. And Koskinen was fantastic. Obviously, shout out, you can't get better than that. Chicago was, excuse me, the Flyers were um, a bit of a mess in that they created all kinds of great opportunities but at the last moment they would pass away the puck or miss the net it probably happened four or five times where they just looked like they were going to score and the flyers suddenly made an extra pass and there was no shot on goal at all Travis so Sandlin. that what a mess it reminded me of the oilers from the past Sanheim, sorry, I was just saying it's going to have that game in his nightmares, David, because that's exactly what had happened to him. And it seemed like there was plenty of opportunities for for Philadelphia to take that over, to take the game over, but they weren't cashing in there. And and when they weren't missing the net, it was because they were getting stonewalled by Koskinen, who's done that a lot in recent games. And it's interesting now to back it out even to uh, probably his last 10 appearances or so and say, okay, he's actually doing a lot better than, than we may want to give him credit for at times. People are well. He's had a roller coaster season, so fans' opinion of him generally is roller coastered as well. He's been kind of, you know, maybe 
Skinner's been a bit better than him, and Smith's been a bit worse. But Koskinen's either been very good or very bad, so it's kind of hard to rate him. Over the over time, Brendan, we've seen that he's been good when he's been rested. I think that's a fair comment. I don't, you know, I don't know if anyone's ever done it exactly how many days rest Koskinen needs to play his best over an extended period of time and when he starts to fall apart. So it'll be interesting to see, actually, if he plays, how they're gonna, he's going to be used going forward here. He's clearly the hotter goalie of the two. Will he play tomorrow night? I don't know if they've announced that yet. Uh, will he play to, uh, in Chicago, or is, or is he going to rest? So it's a tough call with him because he's hot as a pistol right now. He's had two of his best games of the season in his last two games. I mean, he was out of this world good uh, in the previous game against Florida. And um, But do you, do you keep, just keep riding him? Do you keep going with him? I think they might against Chicago. You'd probably be kicking yourself if you didn't start him and you lost because he is so hot right now. I wonder... I wonder if the approach is slowly changing for the front office because of the play. I wonder if he's shown them enough ahead of the trade deadline that they can maybe allocate the assets that they would have otherwise spent to shore up goaltending if they can allocate them elsewhere. Or if you're still sort of hesitant right now and saying maybe this is part of a hot streak and you don't want to buy too soon into the fool's gold and end up, uh, you know, hamstrung by goaltending down the stretch because you didn't make a move. So it's a tough position, I think, for uh, Ken Holland to be in in that sense. But I'm very curious to see what they do ahead of the trade deadline. David, do you think that the needle has moved on that front? I don't think it's that like I think if you take a cold hard look at it, not that hard of a decision. I mean, if if both Koskinen, you know, Ken Holland talked in mid January about going with Koskinen and Smith in that Smith and Koskinen when Smith came back, and um, you know, then Smith got hurt, and so that was his plan to see how that would work before the trade deadline. I think we've I think we've seen how it works. The Oilers are going to need two goalies going into the playoffs because you can't count on Smith being healthy, and because you can't count on Smith being healthy, you got to bring in another goalie. I, I just, I don't see, Mike Smith hasn't answered the question about himself. And unless that changes dramatically in the next couple of weeks and he comes in and has just a run of fantastic games, it's, it's, it's not going to change. And that would be, even that would be iffy to count on, you know, an almost 40-year-old goalie on his health. The orders, if there's been one lesson this season, it's like that's not a very good bet. So I still see that as a as a major priority. You know, you could question whether it is the major priority, and that's going to come down to how, of course, Duncan Keith plays in the next little while. Do they need to bring in a is a you know a strong left defenseman, veteran left defenseman, to help out over on that side? A bigger priority, but I just think goalie is still the top priority. The question is, is there someone they can? they can trade for you know can they get like a varlamov out of the out of long island uh, at a reasonable price is he willing to come here that kind of thing chatting with david staples political affairs columnist at the edmonton journal cult of hockey writer as well uh, you mentioned duncan Keith's return to the lineup what did you think of his performance last night and and how do you see him slotting into this seven defenseman deployment if indeed that is where they continue to go could have been possibly his best game of the year he was skating well He's he's moved the puck well all year and just has gotten better and better at it as far as I'm concerned. He's just really quick with the puck. I mean, he made on the, um, I think it was the order's second goal, he made just a fantastic pass over to Evan Bouchard. You know, Dreisaitl, I think it was Dreisaitl who passed it, maybe Yamamoto, then Yamamoto to Keith. And as soon as it hit Keith's stick, um, 
it was bang right over to Bouchard. You know, he had all kinds of time then to make a play. And you give Evan Bouchard time with the puck, good things are going to happen. So maybe that pairing will work. Uh, the problem with Duncan Keith has been his defensive play. He's been beaten a lot in his own end. And um, so he's, you know, it's it's not just him, though. It's all of the Oilers' defensemen. It's Bouchard. Nurse has, Nurse has made a lot of mistakes recently. Cody Ceci's uh, been fairly consistent, but even he's been sliding down a little bit. So that whole defense core, you know, how well can they defend? So, you know, in terms of a trade um, need, another defensive defenseman on either the right or the left side might be might be the ticket for the Oilers. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense too because rolling into a playoff series, whether you go six or seven, and indeed that bottom line left shot guy is one of Russell, Legison, or Marcus Niemelainen, I don't think that that's favored in any matchup across the board. So, uh, But let's talk about leading up to that, the line chemistry, because it's been several games now of you know a little bit of mixing and matching. 11 and 7 allows for a little bit of stability in that sense, but maybe less so on the back end. What is your assessment of line chemistry? I know it's been a hot topic in this market. Uh, it kind of comes and goes in that sense. Well, we saw some chemistry, I think, for one of the first times this year on a line. And this is when you, like, because the owners have a collection of pretty good forwards now. Uh, very good forwards, I think. But you have chemistry when the, you know, the sum of the parts is greater than the individuals. And we saw that with Nugent Hopkins, Derek Ryan, and Fogel for a brief period of time until uh, Nugent Hopkins got injured. But we haven't seen, either around McDavid or Dreisaitl, that kind of chemistry. You know, we, we've seen it in, in past seasons with the Dynamite line, with Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins, and Yamamoto. They were unable to find that magic again this year. We've seen it in past seasons with, with McDavid, Dreisaitl, and let's say Patrick Maroon. But... Um, that combination, and it, you know, they haven't been able to make that that work or other. You know, and, and I think Jay Woodcroft is completely correct to separate those McDavid and Drysaddle. I think in the playoffs you're going to need that. You need to, and you have the wingers now to make that work. What I'm hoping to see, and what I'm expecting to see, is actually Woodcroft is going to find some lines, some line mates with McDavid and Drysaddle. Just get, just make that work in 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 a way that really elevates the whole Oilers team. And that line, and it might actually be two lines at the same time, which would be ideal, obviously, will we'll carry the team on its back to the playoffs and into the playoffs. We haven't seen that yet from one from either McDavid's line or Drysaddle's line this season, but I think we're going to see it. I think that they will put together the pieces because there's all kinds of different combinations you can try, uh, especially when Pugliarvi gets back So and Nugent Hopkins. So that's yet to be seen, but I think we will see it. I think we also saw just the the hole that Nugent Hopkins leaves in this lineup, especially now that he's playing that third line center position. When he's not there, David, it's it's pretty noticeable, isn't it? It is. It is. I mean, he's such a you know on the power play, he helps make it go on the penalty kill. He's been very good. Um, I have to say, I've liked Ryan McLeod. Like I haven't minded him. He's a big, fast guy who can really who can handle the puck. And he's been in recent games. He's been taking care of uh, his defensive responsibilities fairly well. So I think he's got a lot of confidence under Woodcroft. He's had him as a coach in Bakersfield. So the good news, yes. The bad news is Nugent Hopkins out. They miss him. The good news is that Ryan McLeod has stepped up uh, fairly well. Um, and uh, is it is. He holds his own. It's not the orders aren't cratering because of that uh, loss at even strength. 
I wonder how much of that is because of the confidence regained while playing winger and while playing a little further up the lineup. You know, just give him that reset and allow him to focus on a couple other things. And, you know, ultimately he is a centerman and I think projects long term as as that for this team. Or or ideally, you got to figure he'd be somewhere in that picture. Uh, so to get him in these situations, I suppose, where when needed, he can be, provide that depth at center is, is excellent. And you can still find yourself in the thick of the playoff race another big body out there as we chat with David Staples from the Cult of Hockey who we saw play his 200th NHL game last night is Brad Malone and David you love stories like this because it is such a great story but you know he's got a little bit of um, he's got a little spark in his game that I think might be able to sprinkle something into the rotation it's fascinating because in his first uh Two stints with the Oilers a couple of years ago. He played a handful of games each year. I wasn't that impressed with him. I, I thought he was too slow and just couldn't really get by at, at the NHL level. But based on that, I mean, I haven't seen him. I haven't watched Bakersfield games this year, but based on his one game, he looked like a different player. And he has been scoring at a much higher rate at the AHL, partly because he's playing on the power play. But... Um, he was he was making lots of plays with the puck. He's always been a physical player, so he's bringing that. But he was he seemed better with the puck. He seemed more confident with the puck. And again, it might be the, the him knowing that the coach has confidence in him. This is a very you know he's not questioning that. It's not a new coach. It's not unfamiliar. It's familiar in that way. That might help him like it just like it helps McLeod. And you know right. Um, Brendan, we've been on. Bob's been talking all year. We've all been talking all year about the lack of kind of big, tough role players on the fourth line. And here he is. Here he is. I mean, he blasted Zach McEwen with a great hit. Um, where has he been all year? Uh, that's what I was asking myself. Be nice. It'd been nice to have seen him earlier in a way because he. And this is just one game, so you know things could go sideways. But based on that game, based on first impressions, at least he looks like he could be a part of the puzzle for the Oilers in terms of a big, tough bottom line player who can help the team. This is not necessarily a one-to-one comparison, but you know Patrick Russell brought some grit to that fourth line right wing spot, and I know Tippett loved him when when Russell was a part of the team. I think Malone's more of a you know kind of a cheery room guy, maybe so a dressing room guy, I would guess than 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 Russell. But you see some similarities in that grinder type game. So if they do trot out twelve forwards at any point moving forward, maybe he secures a spot. What about I don't know what you're hearing about Josh Archibald's potential return. I don't know how you feel about what he would even bring at this point, if he even could. I don't. I don't know what his vax status is, and seemingly neither does anybody else. He'd be a key piece if he came back. They've really missed him. Yeah. Uh, on the fourth line, I mean, his hitting. If you, you know, let's say Malone can replicate this game fairly consistently and be kind of a tough presence in the middle on the fourth line. If you have a winger out there who just blows up people with his hits now and then like Archibald does, the Oilers have missed that. I mean, this is why Nima Linen's been such a revelation to everybody because he hits so hard. The Oilers missed that from, from their group of players and he will provide that. He can also penalty kill, which is another huge asset from Archibald. I, my understanding, and I just, this is from reading, I'm not, I'm not privy to any in, inside information, but just from reading it, it, it sounds like maybe nobody knows, but it doesn't sound like anything had changed 
changed with his vaccination status, which means he could only play games in Canada, essentially, because of the dynamics of moving across the border. Now, maybe that'll change, but I doubt it. I, you know, governments are very cautious right now, slow to move. Um, we've seen how, uh, you know, committed the Trudeau government was to vaccine passports for the truckers in the last few weeks. So I don't, I don't imagine things are going to change. And, and, and so unless Josh Archibald has changed his mind, it's hard. It's going to be hard pressed to find a place on the team because of his, you know, his decision um, to remain unvaccinated. All right, David, appreciate the conversation today, my friend. We'll chat again next week. Okay. Thanks a lot, Brendan. All right, David Staples, his work available uh, via the Edmonton Journal online as well. He's at D Staples on Twitter. It is the Oilers and Chicago Blackhawks tomorrow on 6.30, Chad. 6.30 puck drop, 5 o'clock face-off show. It'll be Bob and Cam on the call of that one. Edmonton holding down the second wildcard spot in the West right now, but it's a tight race. Vancouver, Anaheim, and Dallas are all right there. Vancouver five points back. Dallas and Anaheim uh, two points back, although Anaheim has played a couple more games. But it's going to come right down to the wire. The East is very different. East has been almost set as to who's going to the playoffs for probably two, two and a half weeks now, but Edmonton can jockey right up to the end. Calgary's the only team really putting any distance on anyone. They've got 70 points with 52 games played, and they top the Pacific Division. There's some food for thought as Edmonton wraps up this road trip, and then they're back home. It starts with uh, Montreal in town, an early one on Saturday. We'll step out on Oilers now. Again, Bob coming back after the 1.30 news. We'll check in with our NHL insider, John Shannon, as well as Chief Billy Moran uh, on the River Cree Resort Casino and the restrictions that have been lifted now. And you can find out all that that means for that that site. I know it's much more than just the casino itself. All right, Brendan Escott here. We'll be back in a minute. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. A important piece of our team, uh, not having him in Carolina, um, that hurt us. Uh, but we had some good people come in and, and rise to the occasion when he wasn't in the lineup. But um, Yamo gives us... Uh, energy on the four check. Uh, he's a dogged uh, back checker. We're just relentless on the back check. Um, I think he's underratedly underrated physical. I uh, said so we saw a big hit tonight that he finished a check on and uh, I just think he has a high high hockey IQ and is uh, willing to pay a price to score. You don't go to where he went to to get that goal unless you're brave, unless you're um, willing to pay that price, and he sure was tonight. And we saw that a lot when he came up in that first stint and was a point-a-game player just under uh, Kyler Yamamoto. Factoring in once again on the score sheet last night, Edmonton taking that game 3-0 and now with their sights set on the Chicago Black 
Blackhawks to round out this road trip. Cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin are 10-time President Award winners for customer satisfaction. Right now, the best way to get a vehicle is to custom order one. Discounts are available from both Brent Ridge Ford and Ford Motor Company on most custom orders. Get the exact equipment and colors that you're looking for. Reach out to Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at 1-877-477-3673 or visit BrentRidge.com. A couple text messages here before we send it off to our news headlines. Howie says, Ryan McLeod's playing better because he's got another year of experience. He's a great skater, can carry the puck, still doesn't shoot enough, and is uh, soft as butter. I think all young players are going to have to figure out what that playoff intensity is. And McLeod hasn't necessarily uh, gotten a full taste of that yet. I wonder, after a playoff series, whether he and his frame and his speed might fully understand how to utilize that and and how to make it most effective for the Oilers. Randy wants to know whether Archibald, if he indeed does return, would play in front of Zach Cassian. I I suspect not, but you never know. I mean, I, they fulfill a very similar role. Cassian makes twice what Archibald does on the books, but he's also been here a lot longer, a lot more cachet in that sense. It's an interesting thought. Might be a meritocracy situation once again. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. On the other side, Bob will be back to chat with our NHL insider John Shannon and Chief Robert Moran on the River Cree Resort Casino. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.